the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. There's two type of headlines that are out there to me as far as news stories go. Let me give you an example. MLB and NBA are intensifying their digital pushes. Okay, obviously that's going to talk about, like, in my head, how Netflix has done well. And how ABC, NBC, CBS television stations are, you know, keep an eye on the ball, guys, because you've got a franchise that's changing. So when you hear hear about the Major League Baseball and the NBA coming up with new digital plans... Who do you think they're going to try to cut out in the future? Big media companies. If they can get more money themselves, or maybe they'll just partner with them. The other headline is more economic to me, and it is, to me, thought-provoking. Investors just poured a record amount of money into bonds as extreme bearishness sends them fleeing from stocks. That sounds pretty bad, right? People fleeing from stocks. Now, what if I turn that headline around in just a little bit? Investors just poured a record amount of money into stocks as extreme bullishness sends stocks to all-time highs. So do you see how both of those kind of statements can be kind of crazy and wrong and very uh, fake news? So investors poured a record amount of money into bonds over the past week. Does that mean they're right or wrong? Neither. We don't know at this point in time. A recent Bank of America Merrill Lynch survey found that fund managers overseeing $700 billion thought that their bond allocations should grow, and they did, 23 uh, percentage points. So reducing holding in stocks by 15 percentage points, that tells you uh, people are trying to hide money in areas that don't get beat up as bad as, say, maybe a growth stock. So that's out there, right? So we got the Grinch, we got the bond market, we got oil under 50 we got transportation stocks down, trucking stocks in particular down 25%. Telling us that everything's going to cool off in the economy. And yet the jobs report, it's pretty good. It's not bad at all, the way I look at it. Uh, it's hot. It's created a little bit of wage inflation. If you have a job that you don't like, it's probably not a bad idea to start thinking about saying that take this job and shove it. Uh, because the job openings are out there. If... You find a job that you like before you tell your boss to uh, take it and shove it. Don't let me be your life coach. If you got, you know, the greatest job ever, don't go below that. So the U.S. Surgeon General just issued a rare advisory about e-cigarettes like Juul and how vaping is dangerous. Now, you know, believe it or not, this topic, when I bring it up, vaping and how there's growing in high school usage and it's going to get regulated and they're going to try to do away with... Uh, flavored uh, vapes like uh, mango. But 
researchers say they found evidence of toxic metals like lead in e-cigarette vapor. Evidence also suggests that vaping may be increased to a, a higher risk of heart attacks. So U.S. Surgeon General kind of coming down hard. Again, Jules, the company that's in the Bay Area, maybe you work for them. Maybe this is a, you know, kind of a wake up, people. Uh, bad things do happen. So, um, <laughs> so just know that out of headlines comes uh, not humor, but something out of it. Square is Yahoo Finance's 2018 company of the year. Now, again, I don't. It, stories like that don't mean much to me. Um, it's cute. You know, who's the reporter who's looking at all the devices out there? But Square's kind of a nice, neat little payment uh, technology. You can put a little dongle on your iPad or your iPhone and take payments and get that cash that day. Um, not too shabby. Square, back in... 2017 launched their first register and then they you know started testing bitcoin and then they uh, acquired a website builder weebly for 300 million dollars they've launched square for restaurants they've got you know uh, a slightly cheaper cost they've got an updated reader device where you know you can insert the the chip because that was thought to be maybe a problem at some point in time um so the company Square is interesting. It's a Red Hot Payments company founded by Jack Dorsey. He splits his time between Twitter and Square, and some people think that's not a good thing. But it is a, an interesting technology. I didn't think it was going to get device of the year because it feels like, well, it's been out for a while. You person who does my hair, she uses it, for instance. Um, I know you're saying you pay to have your hair done. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? Oh, not for much longer. Facebook in the news today. They refused to hand over location data um, on users who engaged with the Russian trolls. So uh, this has been a bad year for Mark Zuckerberg. More than 30 million social media users engaged with targeted posts and ads generated by Russia's state-supported Internet Research Agency leading up to and during the U.S. presidential election in 2016. Um, so ads purchased on Facebook were targeted at U.S. populations. No data was ever really released on that. Uh, and they, they fought to like hide that, which is pretty interesting to me. So Facebook has got to figure out some way that people trust them again. They're I'm not going to say they're in deep trouble, but they've lost a lot of value and shareholders are going to want change. Um, and meaningful, maybe you have to fire someone. Maybe someone has to step down. Maybe you have to hire someone or create a new position. Um, like, for instance, if you were to bring in Barack Obama to be your chief privacy officer or some made-up term, uh, wouldn't it be bad PR? We've seen that kind of move before out of corporations. Uh, I will welcome Al Gore my works with anybody. Apple. I know you're saying, Al Gore, didn't he invent the Internet? He did. He did. Um, so that's out there. <laughs> it's one of those days, right? December is very Grinchian. Uh, you're a mean one. It's not going the way we want it to. And, you know, the thought there is watch out for next year. Because will this become a hangover? Boeing made a shareholder-friendly announcement today saying its board authorized a 20% increase in the quarterly dividend and the replacement of a prior buyback plan with a new $20 billion buyback plan. Those 
are things that the market tends to like, buybacks and increasing dividends. Some people would go, Boeing, no, don't buy back shares. Use that money so you can come up with, with um, spaceships that go to the moon. And some people would say, just share it with, with your shareholders because you're probably not going to come. You're already booked for the next 20 years on demand for your planes. Johnson & Johnson, now, they don't have as good a news. But they, too, announced a big buyback today. They're contending with the fallout from allegations that the company knew that its baby powder contained asbestos. That's crazy. Right? Right? Mr. Barkley? That's terrible. If they knew that their talc had asbestos, that would be like the cigarette companies knowing that their their little cancer sticks caused cancer. That's terrible. Thank you, Mr. Barkley. Anyhow, and anyway, um, it's a wonderful time of the year. Enjoy it, um, seasonally speaking. So it's stressful as all heck for people. But uh, don't let the markets be stressful. Just have a plan. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can take a look at me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. If you want to study up on the markets, there's some new downloadables available at at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Day by day, I come in and I try to report what I can. Even when it's ugly sessions on Wall Street, even when it's good sessions, and you go, woo! Um, the market's having a better today today than it did say yesterday. I'm not all that worried about that. I just I tried to look at the trends for you and with you. And um, Lord knows I don't think I'm always right. Please know that. Um, but that right now there's a little bit of a positive bias on an oversold feeling. Oversold short term, we're selling too much too fast, running too quickly to bonds. So now is today different? Does today's rally hold? Does it fall apart? What areas that I like to look at are financial, banks, in particular banks. Um, what other areas do I really, really like to look at? Transportation, trucks, and trains, and then sometimes retail stocks. Financials tell me all about banks. Banks tell me all about are you lending or are you getting into credit card debt or what's going on? So then you turn the page to transports, it tells you how busy are the trucks, truck drivers. When their stocks are all-time highs, it tells you the next six months looks pretty good. Wall Street tries to look six months out. When their stocks are down 26%, it's telling you, watch out in six months. We're predicted to slow down. Almost everyone now is talking about a recession. Recession. The United States of America. Now, I'm not going to say almost everyone, because that sounds like I'm embellishing, doesn't it? But it's making a little bit more rounds. It's making a little bit more rounds. Saying things like, well, growth should slow if you're going to have a trade war with China. And growth should slow after the benefits of a tax cut have worn off. And they typically give you easy comparisons for about a year, then they wear off. And then can, did that investment in growth pay off? Is it, is it creating more jobs? Did it or, or did it, does it fade? So yesterday the market hits a new low for 2018. Today it bounces back 1%. Um, but the chance of a recession is rising right now. It's the highest it's been under the Trump presidency. And um, some people would say that George H.W. Bush, the one who just passed, that 
he benefited greatly from the Iraq war. The first one where he stopped, didn't finish the job, stopped, pushed them back out of Kuwait. Um, but that cold economy, his popularity is super high after beating the evil Saddam Hussein. Takes you back to almost like Rambo type of media, right? Um, super popular. The evil Saddam Hussein. Met some people wish he was back. Met some people glad that he's gone. Um, but moving forward is the economy started to tank and we went into a recession under George W. Bush. Um, and that's why he didn't get reelected. That's why Bill Clinton did. Now, that it's not just that, but that's a large part of it. So the chance of a recession has gone up over the next 12 months, 23%, according to a new Fed survey. 12 of the respondents, 12% of the respondents think the Fed, after hiking in December, would next move to reduce the Fed fund rates and do so by October. So they think one more Fed increase, and then next year, a decrease. Now, that's just 12% of respondents, but 52% of them say they now approve of the president's handling of the economy down 14 percentage points from the prior survey. So people are losing faith in the way the president's handling the economy. So people are, when you lose faith and when you feel bad, when you're down, when your confidence isn't what it should be, it's like a Wreck-It Ralph scene. Uh, When your confidence, when you're insecure, you tend not to go, oh my God, it's been a lot of money because I might lose, you know, 25% of my paycheck next year. I'm going to spend a lot of money. No, it's not going to look the way it works, right? So the worst December since the Great Depression. We're paying a lot of attention to the Federal Reserve and a lot of attention to the economic data coming in. And the tariff hits. People think the next recession is coming into view. Um, Some people think it'll be 2019. Nope, 2020. That there's enough growth to kind of let, let us peter out and kind of drag ourselves there. I know I'm sounding like really positive today, aren't I? You really should consult with a financial planner and have a financial plan in times like these. I'm not scared to even say go to gold or buy a shotgun. Maybe, maybe, maybe a can of corn that you could put in the garage. Things are going to get a little tough out there. You'll have at least have a can of corn. Hey, you know what's kind of interesting? 20% of America enjoys gasoline that's less than $2. That makes me want to like go outside and tip my car over. Like it makes me angry almost. So nearly one in five states, oh, even even crazier, one in five fuel stations, twenty percent of gas stations are charging less than two dollars per gallon. Nice going to the holiday travel season, right? We've seen dramatic drops towards the end of the year. So says AAA. As many as eight states can have average price for less than two dollars by the end of the year, by the end of the week. Missouri's already there, so Missouri's got cheap gas. So let's say California's at three and a quarter, three fifty right now. Would you go to Missouri to get two dollar gas? I know it's a long drive. I know it's a long drive, but would you live there? Other states that are incredibly cheap gas, right around that two buck threshold. There's two buck chuck and two buck gallon gas. Is that crazy? Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, and South Carolina. You can see a lot of them are Gulf oriented, where the oil comes out of the Gulf and we just dump it right there. Uh, to be refined, so it's the cheapest gas. It doesn't have to trans uh, go that far after that. So the average is two dollars and thirty-seven cents right now in the United States. There's one station in Texas that's charging a buck sixty-five. Wow! But would you be willing to leave California? Whoa! So 
California, they say the average is three forty. You know, it's crazy. If you get off at the wrong exit, it could be four bucks, and you get off the next exit, it's three forty, and you're like, just, just because. There's little apps that you have uh, that have directions on them. They do sometimes have ones that tell you where the cheap gas is. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or what they're charging around the corner. So quite a turnaround. Gasoline has fallen dramatically. What else does that tell us? Does that tell us anything? I feel like it does. I feel like it does. It's telling us the economy is uh, just setting us up for a fall. So maybe. Supply and demand, right? When the man's not there, supplies build, you, you cut the price. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'll try to find something happy and wonderful to talk about other than Boeing stock buyback. Johnson & Johnson, baby cancer, baby powder cancer. That's disturbing to even think about. They deny it all. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Let me say something kind of cute. Mark Zuckerberg began the year with about $75 billion. He's down $19 billion. Really? He's only worth a paltry $56 billion. I imagine the Zuckerberg household's not going to be having a happy New Year's evening party. New Year's evening party? Anyway, I'm tripping all over myself. Let's bring in briefing.com. Let's talk a little markets, shall we? Um, how are you, sir? Hi, Rob. It's nice to be back with you. Happy holidays to you and your listeners. And happy holidays to the O'Hare family and everyone at Briefing as well. So it's a good time of the year, um, seasonally speaking. But how about Wall Street speaking? It seems like the Grinch more so than Santa coming. Yeah, well, you said it. Um, you know, and a seasonally, it is often a good time of year for the stock market, but that certainly hasn't uh, been the case in 2018. Obviously, it's been a really challenging month of December so far, um, and, uh, you know, it's it's highly unlikely that you're going to see the uh, the market get rescued here in the next week or so uh, to turn it around in a way that you get a positive month of December. If you did, it would be astounding. Uh, but there's certainly a lot of um, uh, hill to climb here to uh, to get there. Gotcha. Um, how bad is it out there? Because it feels like we've been watching a lot of China, and then we're watching interest rates, and will the Fed cool down the economy, or will it fight inflation? Um, and then it just seems like stocks just they're, they're not we're not buying the dip anymore. We're selling the rally. Well, that's right. Um, and you know, I think one of the concerns or um, you know, contributing elements right now is that you do have a, a bearish narrative that's taken root, right? You have a market where you see rallies get sold into. Um, you have a lot of attention being paid to you know, the flattening yield curve and the, the specter of a potential recession down the road. Um, you have uh, all of the leadership groups, the cyclical sectors that you would think would be doing well, you know, when the economy's doing well or not doing well. And and that's kind of been the case, um, you know, we've seen it unfold throughout the year, really, um, where uh, the stock market has, has I, you know, I would argue, you know, it's kind of sniffed out where we are right now based on the, uh, the market's behavior leading up to this point. Um, we touched upon on this a little bit last week in our interview, but, you know, when you take a step back and you look at, at things, you can recognize uh, that you'll see that, you know, areas
areas like the financials, the home builders, the auto stocks, the transport stocks, you know, they all peaked and rolled over you know, before the, the stock market started selling off sharply in October. And many of those groups actually peaked and started rolling over in the first quarter. So, um, you know, that was out of sync with a market that at the time was certainly singing the praises of the U.S. economic outlook, uh, the virtues of the fiscal stimulus plan, uh, and uh, and the idea that, you know, the U.S. can be immune to what's going on abroad. And I think it's kind of all, um, you know, being, um, you know, brought into question now, obviously, uh, with with the market behaving so poorly here at a time of year when you would think it would be doing better. But, um, you know, I think what you've got going on, though, is you do have a lot of um, concerns about 2019 earnings estimates still being too high and subject to downward revision, which is why you're not seeing a stronger response to uh, what appear to be more attractive valuations that we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, and so uh, the market's also really just faced with a lot of heightened uncertainty right now as it relates to trade, politics, monetary policy, and the growth outlook. And in, in an environment like that, there's just not a lot of con- uh, conviction and confidence on the part of buyers. And so you see this kind of steady, uh, ongoing downturn uh, that's punctuated by an inclination to sell into strength and to uh, reduce risk exposure to equities. Can you give us some good news? Is, is there a now, on the other hand, here's the good news. Um, it doesn't feel that way right now. And it got bad quickly, and it just started with a bad October, or kind of a wishy-washy November, and December seems to be a We've changed the narrative. It's a sell the rallies, and uh, I guess we got to well, get through it, huh? I mean, I, yeah, I guess you know maybe if there's uh, you know a silver lining in it is that you know per, perhaps you're you know you're further along here um, in this downturn, such that uh, the opportunity to you know see a better return here has, has picked up. I mean, you have a, a Fed that seems uh, in the market's mind anyway seems poised to. Kind of dial back its rate hike expectations for 2019, um, and uh, obviously we've you know seen the market uh, you know through the years here, more recent years, obviously typically respond quite well to the idea that interest rates are going to remain low, um, and you know that potentially could be a short-term palliative here, but. But then you do have to still take into account, you know, why you know why is the Fed backing off? You know, if they do back off, well, it's kind of a byproduct of the, of, of the economy not performing uh, as strongly as you might have as had been expected, and with that comes lower earnings expectations. And so, you probably have a market that you know is 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 really desperate and seeking out some type of short-term rally effort on the back of some type of dovish Fed announcement. But, um, you know, not to kill the silver lining altogether, but I still don't know if that's really going to be enough to satisfy this market. Um, And, you know, I try not to be too myopic, but when you just look at, you know, the performance of the market yesterday, you know, the same logic prevailed yesterday, too, where the market was thinking that the Fed was going to dial back its rate hike expectations for 2019, and yet you still saw a really broad-based sell-off, right? So it made me wonder if maybe it's not going to be enough just to hear the Fed dial back its rate hike expectations uh, for this market to really get jump-started. Maybe what this market also really wants to hear is the Fed suggests that it's going to um, uh, temper its quantitative tightening efforts as well. So uh, something to kind of, you know, be on the lookout for as it relates to the market reaction to the Fed meeting tomorrow. 
Good stuff. Anything else that you're working on, Mr. O'Hare, that you want to chime in with? Uh, maybe flags, indicators? Uh, you've thrown out a lot of your indicators today. So anything else that you're working on that we should be aware of? Yeah, well, um, I'm in the midst right now of putting together the uh, you know, Premium.com's market outlook for 2019. That'll, that'll be published to, uh, to the big picture column that I compose every week and, and post on Friday. And so, um, you know, with that, obviously, we'll be taking into account a lot of those fundamental factors that, you know, drive the market, you know, i.e. interest rates, uh, inflation, earnings, and the like. Uh, and, and it, you know, it's a challenging endeavor uh, at this point, obviously, because there is so much uncertainty surrounding some you know, very important topics. Now, there's always uncertainty because the, the future is unpredictable. Um, but in this instance, um, there seems to be so much, you know, riding on the outcome of the trade negotiations with China, uh, what the Fed is going to do, and uh, and the political dynamics going on in Washington D.C. That um, you know, it's tough to get a real bead on, um, you know, with any strong conviction in terms of how the market will trade in 2019, because these are some binary events that could produce, um, you know, some some large outcomes in either direction based on how they ultimately get resolved. Well, next weekend, or next week, uh, Tuesday is Christmas, and the following is New Year's, so have a good New Year, and I'll see you in 2019. Great, Rob, you do the same. Look forward to it. Patrick O'Hare, I'm looking super forward to his big picture column on Friday. He does two things. He probably does more than two things, to be fair. Uh, But he does two things really well, his page one column and his big picture column. Uh, Every day I start my day reading through his page one. Um, Just kind of gives a tapping the feel for people who want research on the market, on how the market's going to be playing out and why it's moving the way it's moving. And then uh, every Friday, he does that big picture. Uh, there's other things at uh, briefing. You can take a look at analyst upgrades and downgrades. You can get a little insight into why that happened, earnings expectations, uh, economic calendars, story stocks, IPOs. There's a lot going on at briefing.com. Now, back to us in the market and uh, the correction that we're seeing or the, the pullback that we've been having uh, after you know a glorious nine-year run after a horrific recession um, where we saw unemployment jump from 4% all the way up to 10%, 11 12%, depending on which demographic uh, group you fell into and what part of the country you were in. It was pretty rough out there. Some areas, obviously, uh, were more immune than others. But a um, big, big old dump of money going from stocks to bonds. And I'm not one to panic, but I know my time frame. Um, should you be wise to, to be looking at things that could, you know, create cash for you? Sure. Uh, there's a lot going on in that statement. You know, raise a little bit of cash, sell some winners on occasion. A lot of people tend to want to sell losers. Now, here's what, here's how I look at that real quick, and this is something you could explain easily to a child. In stocks, you want to buy more of the winners and sell the losers. But in mutual funds and index funds, because now you're, instead of going after you know individual companies, now you're going after sectors, or you know corporate America or capitalism per se. Um, those are the ones you want to say, okay, if uh, my emerging markets underperformed this year and my U.S. markets outperformed, I'm going to take a little bit off the top of my uh, U.S. markets and put a little bit more into my emerging markets. So you kind of rebalance it, so to speak. Um, it's good to buy stuff when it's down. 
um, and diversifying. So again, with stocks, you tend to want to say, "I have a winner. I'm going to you know buy more of it because unless the, something has changed with the product, the CEO, or the expectations, um, that's an issue, right?" It's, it's hopefully that helped a little bit. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested, and more. Trying to piece this together for each of us. Professional trader just contacted me, and keep this in mind. You should consult a broker advisor for taking any action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Professional trader just let me know that he's nibbling at J&J. He's looking for three total dollars. Whoa, Johnson & Johnson's under attack. It's under siege right now. Because does their talcum powder, does their baby powder have asbestos in it? Um, independent labs say otherwise. The company's buying back shares. They're saying nope. But they've lost $40 billion in market cap. So I have a friend who contacted me and said, I'm, I'm looking for a small trade. $3 on it. And he's just passing it on as a favor to me. Consult a broker advisor before taking action on any stock submission. I'm not going to follow it. But that shows you how professionals tend to think. They're looking for $3 movement. Not $3 billion, not 300%, not 30%. 3 bucks. Elon Musk's SpaceX is said to be raising $500 million more million in new funding. Coming up with a valuation of about $30.5 billion. That's his space exploration technology company. Um, he sent more birds into space last year than any other company. So there's, you know, SpaceX is pretty real as far as what we're trying to do <laughs> thank you space the final frontier I guess I will have a sad day in my heart when William Shatner dies and if he's already dead don't tell me oh Sulu who's going to die first Shatner or Sulu and who would have thought Nimoy would so Zuckerberg's net worth took a big hit last year the biggest probably in the world so he lost $19 billion from $75 billion down to $56 billion. So that's kind of a, so you have a bad day kind of feeling, right? Other stories that are out there that are I'm finding interested, interesting. One company is raising, uh, it's moving higher today. It's a company called Benefit Focus. Now, I haven't really heard of Benefit Focus. It's obviously a new IPO, but I'll look at it. A provider of cloud-based benefits management software. Okay, I like what I'm hearing so far. The company publicly released its presentation slides in which it had a lot of bullish data points to look at. They expect revenue growth of 8% as opposed to prior guidance of uh, flat year over year. So uh, they're looking for gross margin improvement. That's something we want to hear as analysts. The company also provided some long-term financial targets, and they're looking to accelerate their revenue growth to the 20% uh, level. So take a look at Benefit Focus, and you have to do a lot of homework before you can feel really comfortable with a name like that. Now, a company that you don't have to do a lot of homework on, but you could still learn a lot from, um, Darden Restaurants, owner of the Olive Garden. So what they told us is the average check is up. That means people are spending a little bit more money, maybe having a wild Rita. It's kind of like a margarita, but it's got a splash of wild. Awesome. Don't you hate how uh, restaurants have to kind of come up with that kind of marketing? Uh, but they're saying they're being pressured by higher labor costs. It's that little wage inflation out there in the world where we're pushing, you know, uh, living benefits or living wages as, you know, a social agenda of quality of life. So Olive Garden 
has uh, Darden has a couple restaurants under their their branch, Olive Garden, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, the Capitol Grill, Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen, Yard House, Bahama Breeze. Um, so you got to be careful when you hear about how Olive Garden is doing for Darden because it's a little bit more than that. Uh, but I'm just trying to teach, so to speak. So low gas prices uh, across the nation. That's good news and bad news for we, the consumer. Feels like it's good news. For what's it telling us about our economy? Not so good? Or are we finally really, truly getting so many Ubers and Lyfts and in so many electric vehicles that demand's gone down and pushing it lower? There's a little bit of that. You know, fleet's getting better gas mileage. Anyhow, guess what I have? Tickets, 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 tickets. Um, the Ontario Rain Family Four Pack San Jose Barracuda, the hottest team in the AHL. Woo-hoo! And that's saying something because we're now in the you know the month of December, so the calendar's getting shorter. January 9th, I have tickets. January 9th, it's at seven o'clock. It's at the SAP Center. Let me see what January 9th is. Uh, January 9th is a Wednesday, so that's at 7 o'clock, Wednesday, January 9th, San Jose Barracuda against the Ontario Rain. What's interesting to note about the Ontario Rain is we hate them in large part because they're from L.A. and everyone from Northern California. We have to sign a petition every year when we file our taxes that we will say things like, beat L.A., beat L.A., we hate L.A. No I know you're saying, what did L.A. ever do to you? I signed the petition. I don't know what I was signing, but I did it. So call now and you get those tickets for early January. Great stocking stuffer. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You'll look cool. San Jose against the Barracuda against the Ontario Rain. They're the AHL franchise of the San Jose Sharks. And if the Barracuda do well, the future of the Sharks looks pretty good. Unless they trade all those players away for... A veteran at push of the end of the season. And, well, that's happened too before. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm changing my tune on Fortnite. Um, can you steal a dance or can you not? You know, Fortnite, I think, made a. They, I, it's not just Fortnite, or it's just not just uh, the Carlton, but it's also the, uh, the Backpack Kid, the Backpack Boy, who was an internet. Uh, sensation and uh, Katy Perry sang with him on Saturday Night Live back in 2017. Uh, there's a guy who's credited in creating the dance and performing it. Ryan Huggins, the backpack kid. <laughs> then there's another rapper. And the, the similarities are 100% there. So this is going to get settled out of court, I get the feeling. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Check out some good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.